Thank you, Andre, and your makeshift worship team, and welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, who answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So today, uh, we will come to the Father uh, in the name of Jesus and call upon the Spirit to be with us uh, as, we, as we worship today. Um, I am not the usual pastor, as most of you know. Our pastor is recuperating. Um, he had uh, back surgery, or actually had two back surgeries, and he is recuperating. Um, he's struggling a little, the truth be told, um, but he is resting, and that, that's the good thing, that he is resting, that he's taking the time, um, and we all know that last time he did not, at least the, the, the members here, that he is uh, uh, doing it this time, and, and God is leading him uh, slowly, I think, back to us, so, and we miss him, we know, I know we do. And uh, Pastor Pete uh, is away at a family uh, wedding, so here we are. You got me. So thank you very much. Um, and, and visitors, be, bear with us because uh, uh, we're in this together, right? We're all in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and welcome on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, glorious. And my notes. Now, if I can paraphrase Amos here, give me uh, in, his indulgence one time. Uh, I, am, I am not a preacher, nor I am a son of a preacher. Um, I did have, though, I had a cousin who had two sheep, and I used to live on Sagamore Street. So you can look that up under Amos and see, see what that means. But, um, but I come here humbly to, um, to speak to you, and um, we could do this together. Okay, in, in God's name. Um, so this week, I was um, trying to decide what I was going to do. I was going to do something on John 3.16 because I love it, and I've done it so many times at Awana that I was very familiar with it, and um, I know how the, the children love it so much. Uh, but I, um, and, and not that I'm not going to mention John 3.16, I am. But um, I, was, I was driving home one, and, and R.C. Sproul, I was listening on the radio, and, and R.C. Sproul came on, and he had this uh, man on the street kind of interview. And it was, who is Jesus? And they had a, a myriad of, of responses, uh, some good, who some not so good. Um, but then I get to thinking about myself and how would I answer that question? Who is Jesus? Very important question. Could be the most important. And I'm going to throw that same thing out to you. Who is Jesus? Any volunteers? Anybody want to want to tackle that one? Go ahead, Sylvia. Your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Anybody? Yes, John. Don? Son, of God. Son of God. Anybody else? Kian. He's what? He's our Father. Okay, God, our Father. Yeah, sure. Anybody else? Huh? Oh, light of the world. Thank you. You took away some of my thunder there, Lynn. Um, <laughs> he is what? Love. Very good. He is love. Love, love by, by what he does, right? That's, I, I love that about Jesus. He, he, uh, he is what he does. Nick? Counselor. Very good. Very good. God in flesh. Yep. God incarnate. Ben? 
Somebody's got to help me with that. I couldn't hear. Yep, God and man at the same time. Yep, God and man. That's, that's something uh, that's uh, very hard to understand, isn't it? But, but uh, that's one of those mysteries that... Our comforter. Very good. Yep, we just prayed for, for his, uh, his comfort, right? Don't? Prince of Peace. Good. Wonderful counselor. Prince of Peace, our judge. Well, that's, see? <laughs> it's it's a, a very complex question, isn't it? Our brother? Sure. Yeah. Our intercessor. So, so as you can see, there's, there's plenty of things. Um, he's God incarnate. He is the good shepherd. He's the obedient servant. Um, we did a uh, study at Deacons about, uh, about Jesus, and that kept coming back at me. What an obedient servant, how much servitude meant to Jesus. He was the obedient servant of the Father. Um, the Almighty Savior, the Messiah, uh, the Creator. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus is the creator. Sometimes we, we uh, don't give him that, that uh, recognition, do we? But Jesus is the savior of, uh, I'm sorry, the creator of the world. Um, and so many other. Um, even even uh, the, the apostles, I'm thinking about John in particular, struggled with, with who Jesus is. Um, not who he was, who he is um, at the time. In, jo- in John, he said, uh, Jesus did many other things as well. Because Jesus is as Jesus does. You can't separate the two. He is as he does. If he's love, then he, then he loves constantly. Uh, and, he, and he went on to say, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books we have written. Um, and as evidenced by this verse, uh, some of the other uh, disciples struggled with this also. Um, there's uh, the point where, where Jesus was uh, calmed the, the waves and the winds when they were uh, uh, in the storm. And the apostles were in the storm. And they, they remember they went to Jesus and they said, uh, you know, what's going on? <laughs> Why can't you save us? And, uh, and they said, and then Jesus calmed the storm. He says, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Um, so they, they uh, questioned it also. And these are people who have been with him for years. Um, so, um, and, and, and Jesus himself went and asked uh, the question, in, in, uh, who do people say the Son of Man is? He often referred to himself as the Son of Man. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Um, and, and the disciples answered, I love this answer, they just threw out a bunch of names they said, oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, not our Jeremiah, but the prophet Jeremiah. Some say the prophets, and they just kind of threw out some different names. Uh, they, they missed the mark on that. I mean, his, his final jeopardy, and eh, they, get the, they got that wrong. They were totally, he was none of these things, and yet he was all of these things. Um, so, so then he threw it out to the apostles. He threw that same question, out. well, who do you say I am? And of course, there's Peter. Right? The impulsive man um, answered that question. Um, he said um, that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, uh, and Jesus said, you got it. You got it, Peter. You nailed it. Um, 
he actually put it much better than I just did. He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Um, the, the foundational rock that Jesus was talking to, as some people claim, is not Peter, but on this very fact that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of, of mankind. Uh, and that's what we build our church on, uh, the Son of the living God. So I'm going to refer to my notes here, so I hope you don't mind. It's, uh, this is, is fairly new to me, so... Um, and it's, it's funny how views of, of Jesus still vary today. Uh, people still question who Jesus is. Some just say he was just a wonderful, loving man who um, did the best he could and, and you know, helped people when he could. And, um, and some of us hopefully know when, with wonder and awe what, what, uh, who Jesus is and what he does and what he has done and what he does for us today. Uh, I think that's hopefully that... Um, at least most in this audience feel that way, um, have some, at least some grasp of who Jesus is and, and what he has done. Um, and once again, you cannot separate the two. What he has done and what he is doing, Jesus is. Um, so so these, are, these are telling testimonies. Um, but the most telling testimony is, it comes from Jesus himself. He actually answered this question, um, and I, I was led to the uh, I am statements in John. Uh, there was eight of them, and I'm just taking the, the John, uh, the um, Gospel of John, and there was eight of them that he, uh, that he uh, mentioned, I am. And it, it was, I, I'm harking this back, the history of this is, one time uh, Jim and Athanasia did a, a lesson on the I am statements in Awana. And it intrigued me. It really intrigued me. So I went and I researched it a little bit more. And, and I came up with this, this uh, man. His name is Todd Sorensen. And he nailed it, I, I think. He did such a wonderful job on, on who Jesus is. So I, I asked for permission to, to share that with you today. Uh, he's from uh, called High Tech Ministries. So I'm, I am going to do that because uh, he did a, a much better job than I can do, I think. And, I, and I, it really spoke to me. Um, I actually downloaded it so I could have it uh, at the ready if I ever needed it, and here it is. Um, so here it is. The eight I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. John records eight explicit self-revelatory comments by Jesus. At that time, in that place, in that cultural context, these comments would have had a much more obvious meaning to an impact on their hearers that may be immediately obvious to us. Because uh, this is my words, but remember um, that um, when God, when Moses asked God, what do I, what do I call you? Moses, uh, uh, I'm sorry, God answered Moses in, in Exodus 3. He said, tell them people I am has sent you. Okay, so Jesus, uh, God referred to himself as I am. And the listeners the people who were listening to him knew what he, was, what he was claiming when he said, I am. That he was claiming divinity. He was claiming to be God. And that the listeners, 
Um, and we're going to go into this a little bit more when, when we study uh, different parts of the Bible, how, how uh, we have to keep it in context, because it, it really comes alive uh, when we do that. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that some more. But yet even 2,000 years later, these statements remain powerful and provocative. They make you wonder if Jesus should have heeded the advice of novelist Gwen Hayes. My best advice is to be yourself. Unless you're psychotic, then you might want to try being somebody else. And, and, um, and think about some of the, the uh, he mentions here about Muhammad Ali. And uh, some of you might not know who Muhammad Ali uh, is, but I grew up with Muhammad Ali, and I remember him. Uh, he was kind of a hero of mine. I know he's a hero of Pastor Fred's in a way. I mean, in, in a, in a uh, different way. But um, he he always uh, bombastically says, "I am the greatest," and um, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Does it mean anything to anybody out there? No. You can't you can't hit what you can't see. You remember my dress. You can't hit what you can't see. <laughs> so he was, he was very bombastic about it. Um, uh, I am the greatest, he said. And, and I like the way he says here. If he was claiming to be the greatest person, I mean, I'm sorry, if he was claiming to be the greatest boxer at that time, yeah, you'd have to say he was. But if he was claiming to be the uh, greatest person that, that ever lived, then you'd have, to, uh, you'd have to dispel that. It's not true. Um, and, and I'm also, and myself, uh, I'm reminded of um, uh, some of the uh, election times that are going on here, some of the uh, bombastic claims we hear from some of our candidates. I won't mention any names, but uh, how, how they are going to save the United States of America, if not the whole world. Uh, some of them are pretty uh, out there about uh, making claims that, well, we'll see. We'll see when you get there, right, no matter who it may be. Um, uh, so we, we all make claims about ourselves, um, sometimes to, to glorify ourselves. But, um, and some of them are just done in tongue-in-cheek. Some of them are not, uh, are not meant to be, uh, um, you know, to be, I am the greatest. He knows he wasn't the greatest. But, um, so as you read through the book of John, there's eight different conversations that Jesus had with this very specific fire-reaching, outrageous statements about himself. Jesus does not just claim to know these things or explain these things. He blatantly claims that he is these things. If true, the implications and impact are tremendous. The implications reach deep into our real daily lives. The impact involves life-changing transformation and everlasting consequence. So um, Jeremiah has, has put up uh, some of those the statements, the uh, the. I am statements of Jesus from the, from the Gospel of John. Um, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Before Abraham, I am. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I think that's the one that Andrea started with this morning. I thought that was uh, telling that God was working there for us. And I am the true vine. That's one of my, one of my favorites uh, uh, in, in the book of John. Uh, that whole, uh, would you abide in me? Um, and these are claims by Jesus. They, they, uh, they are real. I am. Um, 
this, this, I mean, this <coughs> Todd Sorensen went on to say, uh, and, and I think this, anytime we're reading the Bible, I think these would, would be, uh, or studying the Bible, or contemplating the Bible, devo- and our devotions, or whatever. This, I think, is, is a good tool to use. And, and I know uh, Pastor Fred and, and Pastor Pete have talked about this too, and I, I totally agree with them that you don't take it out of context. It should all be in context. Um, um, when you when you study any any particular verse or any any uh, part of of the of the uh, scripture, um, so what does it say? What is the imagery of each I am? Uh, why, like he, he used the example, why bread of life? Um, what does bread have to do with life? You ask these questions. Paraphrase uh, if you if you'd like. Um, what what was Jesus trying to? What did he say, actually? This is not what he was trying to get at. This is just what he said. Take it as it is said. And then we go on and we try to interpret what it means. Um, what, what Jesus means by, by uh, I am the bread of life. Um, and, and I know myself, I research this. I go to people who have much more knowledge than I do. Uh, I have... I, Warren Wiersbe has really spoke to me many times. Um, and and I, I try to get other people, and Pastor Fred, of course, and uh, Peter and, and, and Andreas, and try to get people who, who know the Scripture more than I do to enlighten me on, on what Jesus means so that I will get the whole, the whole uh, impact of it. Uh, so I think that that's good advice. I mean, that's why these, these folks are here, right, to, to lead us. So... Um, and um, it says here that these claims of Jesus, if they're not true, then, then, uh, then uh, we're fools, and, and so is Jesus. So uh, we have to re- realize that. Uh, and then we personalize them. We make them part of our lives. Because uh, what good is if it's just out there and you say, yeah, I know who Jesus is, if you don't make that impact your life in any way. So we, we personalize it. Um, and we can even say, um, it says here, you could even say that, put your name in, in with that, whatever that verse may be, um, and make them part of your life in the way that you approach your spouse, uh, your family, your coworkers, um, each other, us, us, uh, together here. And, um... You know, in, in our daily lives, no matter what we do. Excuse me, women. So, with that being said, we want to make sure that we take um, the I am statements. I'm going to just uh, concentrate on, on two today from John chapter 8. I don't know if anybody caught on to this, but John is my favorite book in the New Testament. I, uh, he really speaks to me. and goes back to my childhood, actually, uh, that uh, uh, I love the book of John. So we're going to take a John chapter 8. And if you want to read along with me, uh, that would be great. Okay? John chapter 8. I'll give you a couple of minutes to find it. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. 
At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At first, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. The reason I read this part is because if you were taken in context, you have to read what comes before it and what comes after it. It gives you a much more accurate uh, picture of what Jesus was trying to, trying to say here. I go on. Uh, there's a dispute here over, over Jesus' testimony um, that's followed by. This is, this is just wonderful how Jesus handles this, but... Uh, when Jesus again spoke, uh, spoke again to the people and said, I am the light of the world. That's that I am statement. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come from, came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Um, I love this part. Did you get that up there, um, Jeremiah? That's uh, verse 17. So Jesus is, is, is calling them at their own task. They questioned his, his testimony, okay? So he's telling them that I and the Father are the two witnesses that we have. And you either accept that or you don't. Uh, I, I, Jesus just answers this so, so well, um, how they questioned him and how he, how he answered it. Uh, then they asked him, they're so blind, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And these, these are men... Uh, some of them were religious men, men of the uh, leaders of the, of the, uh, of the Jews. Um, he spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place. It's good to put it in context where it is, too, where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Um, 
they didn't believe Jesus because they were blind. They were blind to what, to who he was. They didn't know who he was. So how are they going to believe him if they don't know who he was or, and or who his father is? Um, so then, then they have a dispute over that. It's followed by a dispute over that. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I think Jesus is getting a little frustrated here. Jesus replied, I have much to say in judgment of you. But he who was sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell to the world. Here we have Jesus, the obedient servant of the Father, doing what the Father has told him to say. Um, they did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Um, and note that they believed in him because of the words he spoke, okay? Um, we are led by God's word. And this is d d directly from, from God's mouth, from Jesus' mouth. But, but I, I totally believe that we are, we are led to him by his word. Um, and, and others who, who maybe introduce us to the word, but it's God's word that leads us to him. Um, and then there's dispute over... Um, Who's, who Jesus' opponent, opponents are. So, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, Andreas had a song this morning about freedom, and it, it brought that to mind. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who, who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son, S-O-N, with a capital S, sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, you are, uh, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because, um, because you have no room in my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they said. I mean, they're trying to, trying to make it sound like they're all religious here, you know. Uh, Abraham is, my is our father. Um, what they should have said is God is our father, but they didn't. They wanted to, to uh, kind of trap Jesus, I think. So they, they say, Abraham is our father. Um, but Jesus goes on. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. 
Abraham did no such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Because Abraham, if you remember, and it brings it up in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, Abraham was commended for his obedience, for his trust in God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. We went through that in SBS quite, quite a lot. Because it meant a lot that Abraham, and he had his ups and downs, he had his moments, but he trusted God, and he obeyed God. Uh, and that was credited to him as righteousness. Not his own righteousness, but God's righteousness. Uh, and, and, and then Jesus says, you are doing the, the works of, of your own father. Well, who was their father? We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Okay, they're saying this to Jesus, remember. Uh, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Jesus, I think, is getting a little frustrated here. He's trying to get this uh, point across to them. Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So here's Jesus, the truth, Satan, the, the lie. Yet, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Um, and these are the, uh, the next following is, is Jesus makes claims about himself. Um, and and they, they, try, they try to identify Jesus and they, they totally miss the mark. And, and the, the dialogue continues. Uh, the Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Um, uh, notice uh, in the following verses here. Jesus totally ignores the Samaritan, uh, the, the racial slur here about Samaritans. They were trying to uh, slam Jesus. The Samaritans were not looked on very highly by the Jews. So Jesus just totally ignored that as being not even part of the conversation. Um, but he did address the second part. I am not possessed by a demon. Imagine telling Jesus he's possessed by a demon. But I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And, and that really set him off, uh, the Jews. As they, um, at this they exclaimed, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Abraham, I'm sorry. Abraham. He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? They asked Jesus, who do you think you are? Um, he just told them who he was. Uh, listen to Jesus' perfect answer. Okay, listen to this. this is, uh, if you don't listen to anything else, listen to this. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim is your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. 
If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they still don't get it. You are, you are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you, you, uh, you have seen Abraham? Um, just totally don't get it. And this is another I am statement that follows. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones uh, and tried to stone him. But Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. It was not his time. It was not time that God had selected for him to be uh, arrested. Um, and so he, he was able to slip away. They, 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 uh, they kind of backed away. Um, so in, in this uh, chapter, we, have, we actually have two I am statements of Jesus. So we'll take the first one uh, first. I am the light of the world. Um, that is verse 12 of this chapter. Um, and you'll note um, that Jesus, when Jesus said, he didn't say, I bring light into the world or um, I, I light the world, I, you know, I bring a flashlight and, and uh, here you go, um, or I bring the stars or whatever. He said, I am the light of the world. Um, a very definite, a definite statement that he made. And I, I claim that it's, it's his ex- exclusivity that he is saying, I am the light of the world. No one else, I am. I am the one who God sent to, to be the savior of the world. I am the light of the world. Um, and uh, in other words, if, if, if you reject me, if you reject the light and stay in the darkness, then you are not one of God's people. Pure and simple. Uh, so I am the light of the world. Um, I'm going to read from John chapter 3. I told you I would, I would talk about uh, John chapter 3, so here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Now, this is Jesus speaking, right, to, to Nicodemus. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth, okay, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Um, now this is, is kind of telling in a, in a way. It, it spoke to me um, because it doesn't say that we are not sinners. If we come into the light, we are exposing ourselves to our sin. We are telling ourselves and God that we are sinners. We are recognizing the fact that we are sinners because we're in the light. Um, I, I find it disturbing um, if, if, if you're in the light, let's say the light's shining down, but there's little corners of darkness. And those who don't admit they're sinners are kind of walking around in that darkness. 
hate to think about cockroaches, but I can't help it. But that, that uh, I shouldn't call them that, but you know what I mean. I remember when I was uh, in the Navy, I was down in the tropics down in Panama, and, and uh, I'd open my locker, and all these little things would go scurrying away because the light was there, and all these little cockroaches would go. There's tons of them. No matter how much you spray, they were always there. Um, so, but, but I, that really disturbed me how, how, and I was there, too. I'm not going to say that I wasn't. I was, I was in the dark. Uh, for, the, for the longest time, too long. And um, how, how disturbing that is, that you're in the dark and you're not admitting um, who you are or what you are, and you're kind of just wallowing in your sin. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it disturbs me. Um, so, and things are so much better in the light, amen? There's so much better in the light. It's, uh, and the light is still shining. This... Uh, Jesus is still with us. He's still shining his light. Uh, so why not come into that light? Why not? You know? Um, it's there. Jesus is there. He's waiting for us. Um, is it, the reason, Jesus answered that question, too. The reason you don't come into light is because you love the evil ways. I mean, there's no question about it. You love the darkness. You love to be in the dark. Uh, you don't want to give up your, your evil ways. You don't want to expose yourself to your sin. You don't want to admit it to yourself and to others around you. So you don't come into the light. You kind of just hang out in those corners. Um, and, 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 um, and, and Todd, the Sorensen there, is talking about how to personalize this, how to personalize uh, what, we've, what we read about, about Jesus. And um, I, I, am, uh, I am the light of Joe, Jesus said. I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of Joe. I am the light of Sylvia. I am the light of Darlene. I am the light of Carol. Right? I am the light of Jim. Right? He's not just the world. He's a personal. He's a personal light for each one of us, if we live in his, if in, we live in his, in his light. If we let that light affect us, and, and be part of us. Um, so you got to ask yourself: Have you personally accepted it? Have you personally come into the light and accepted Jesus as as your Savior? Um, are you still hanging around in the dark corners? Um, and, and that also um, it shows itself if you're in the light it shows yourself in, in how you your relationship with God and also your relationship with others because um, the relationship with God is obvious um, we obey his commands um, if you love me you obey my commands Jesus said uh, but sometimes I think we, we kind of drop the ball on the other part on, on, on uh, coming to the light and admitting ourselves that maybe we're not the spouse we are, we are called to be. Uh, maybe that we need to work on that. But if I'm in the light, I'm going to admit that. I'm not going to admit that I am not the spouse I, I pretend to be. And I think my wife will attest to that. Um, I have my moments, believe me, as we all do. And, and also, not, not just our, our lives with our families, our, our children, our grandchildren, whatever it may be, that, that it, should, it should affect our lives. If we personalize this, then it should affect our lives for the, for the better. At least in my opinion, it's for the better. And I think in God's opinions also. Opinion also. Um, and it'll make you a better worker. Make you a better uh, employee. Right? Not just going around complaining all the time about whatever. It's too hot in here or whatever it may be. And, and not complaining about uh, the workload or, or whatever. Or my boss uh, slighted me about something or 
chose somebody else over me. Um, and then, believe me, I do that too. So, but if, if you're in the light, you won't do that. You won't be that kind of employee. You'll be the best kind of employee. I, I know Doug Sparks. I, I miss Doug. He did a, a thing on, on, um, on employee and being an employee. Um, and, and, and it's tough. It's hard because it's so easy to complain, isn't it? It's probably the easiest thing in the world to complain. But if you're the, employee, the kind of employee that God wants you to be, then you won't. You'll do your job. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that, but Don Plumpton was that kind of guy. Was that guy? You know that for a fact. He always worked for God. And, and uh, believe me, I work for the post office. It's the people that complain quite often. But not Don. Not Don. Never called in sick. And, and, just, and, he, and he would testify to that. He would tell people that. I know because I had people come to me and say, yeah, that Don Plumpton, he thinks he's so wonderful. He never calls in sick. Yeah, <laughs> that is wonderful because he's an honest, a man of integrity. And he does his job and he does it well. Um, so that's, that's the kind of way it should, it should affect our, our life. Um, and, and with our friends and our acquaintances, are we negative all the time? You know, are we always uh, looking for the... For the uh, the, the, the bad part of things or the uh, being satirical or, or being uh, sarcastic is, is the better word all the time that when somebody tr- tries to share something with us then we're saying oh yeah well I did this or, or you know instead of really taking in what, what they're trying to say and, and listening to them um, and, and not be sarcastic about what they're saying or be judgmental about what they're saying but taking in what they're saying and and um, Encouraging them, you know, if there's one thing God is, and Jesus is as an encourager. Um, I think about Peter, how he encouraged Peter um, after Peter had, had denied him three times. So, if we're in the light, we're gonna we're not gonna be negative. We're gonna be encouragers, um, and, and and our conversations, um, how we how we deal with our conversations. Um, do we do we criticize each other or do we curse? Um, that's not what we're called to do. That's not what we're called to do if we're in the light. Um, so anyway, so the, the, um, the I am um, statements are really spoke to me. Um, and there's another I am statement in, in, in uh, John chapter 8, and I won't dwell on this too much, but um, I will a little because he says um, in, in verse 58, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham uh, was born, I am. And if that isn't a, um, a statement of, of Jesus claiming to be divine, then I don't know what is. That, that he was the creator. He created Abraham. He, he led Abraham. Um, that he was the, the one that Abraham worshipped was, was Jesus because he was there before him. Um, and, and the, the disciples questioned whether, um, you know, well, uh, we're descendants of Abraham. You know, they're trying to say that they are des- descendants of Abraham. And, and they're, they're really not. Maybe, um, what's the word, genetically or, or geologically, what's the word I'm looking for? By the tree, the family tree that he came down. But, but not, we are children of Abraham because we are with 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 Jesus, that Paul uh, mentions that we are we are children of Abraham. So, um, so my point is, 
um, and I hope I made it okay, as um, the, the, these I am statements of Jesus. And I'd like to, to kind of continue these because there are more. There's eight. We only covered, we only covered two. So maybe if, if we could think about the other six, I'd like to meet together sometime and talk about the other six and what they mean to us. But I think even um, with, with um, the way that uh, it was presented uh, to me is, is that kind of thing. You take it in context when you, when you, when you read the Bible, um, when, you, when you study the Bible, when you, when you do your devotions or that kind of thing. You take it in context. It really brings it alive. You can see what Jesus was going through. I mean, here's after they, they brought that adulterous woman, um, and Jesus, I love that part. He's just biting in the sand. They all disperse. And then they're challenging him. So you, you get that, that I am the light of the world. You know, you get that connection there, that, that Jesus is, uh, they're challenging Jesus, and he's answering these questions. So I think if we're studying the Bible, if we take it that way, that um, we take it in context, um, and we, we, uh, we take it at face, value first, and then we try to discover what it means, either with our own meditations or, or with uh, asking others or, or read, uh, reading material. Studying, I, uh, I'm going to lift up SBS. We do a uh, SBS at, at Dale's house on Wednesdays and Greg's house. And, um, and that's what we do. We, we take apart the, the Bible and we take it in context. Um, and also to personalize it, to make it our own, that, that uh, it has an impact on us in our lives. Um, uh, so, uh, that being said, um, I thank you for, for your time and your effort and for your prayers. Um, so, if we, could, if we could pause for a prayer, please. And, uh, let us pray. <clears throat>